0: Manx Radio Podcasts powered by Shore. Well hello and welcome to this week's special countryside uh, featuring our trip to the Calf of Man Kerry,
1: And a very beautiful island that is. The guys are doing a great job out there protecting it, the wardens and monitoring and keeping up to date with the bird life and the and the wildlife. And uh, we had a wonderful guide in Lara Howe and all the tales and quirks are about the island. It was a really, really good trip, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: and also we spoke to uh, the people who took us there on the boat as well from uh, Port Lamora uh, to take us there and also uh, some of the people who were just enjoying the day out uh, taking photographs as well. So here is our Calf of Man special countryside for you. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. <laughs> Well, when people on the Isle of Man, whether on holiday or live here, are down at the Sound on the very southern tip of the Isle of Man, you can look across to the Calf of Man. It's only one square mile in area, a total of 618 acres. Kiri. In
1: 1951, it was donated to be a bird sanctuary to the Manx National Heritage.
0: And we were lucky enough to be able to take a, a trip on the boat from Port St Mary uh, off to the uh, the eastern coast to Cow Harbour, where we got there, uh, courtesy of Dewan Clegg in his boat, and Anne Kay, who were in charge of it. The purpose of the trip was to find out more about decoy puffins, which have been situated around various parts of the calf, to try and attract the puffins back to nest and lay eggs on the calf of man. And our chaperone was the marine officer for the Max Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe. Well, Lara, we've made it here successfully and uh, it's a beautiful day here on the Carferman. And we're just looking down over the edge here and there's puffins here.
2: Yes, there is, sadly only decoy puffins, but yes, we have puffins on the calf.
0: The object of the decoys and why are they here? Cause I'm sure I remember years ago, Puffins being been part of the calf a man?
2: Yes they have been historically um, and in quite large numbers but more recently there's been a decline of puffins and I think we haven't had any puffins breeding here since the 80s so the aim of the project is to try and encourage the puffins back to start nesting here on the calf again.
0: Do they sort of take them for real puffins? the ones that were flying over
2: there's been success in in other areas where they've trialed this project before so there is the historical background to support this yeah so between the the speaker system and the decoy puffins you have you need both so the speaker system draws the birds in from sea because they hear the calls and think oh what's going on and and come in to have a look and then they see the decoy puffins and go oh look there's lots of puffins here Maybe, maybe this is a good place to I have the chicks.
0: The speaker system you said with the noise, is its that recorded from proper puffins?
2: Yes it is, yeah
0: Like mating calls or something like that? It's
2: just normal puffin chatter that plays out sort of to sea up to about a kilometre away so it draws them in from quite a distance
0: Do the puffins that are flying past Stop here occasionally. You mentioned about them trying to get them to breed, but do do any sort of stop? Maybe and just go because there's no other ones here.
2: We don't really see many. It'd be the odd one that might land. But generally, obviously, unless they're they're nesting, they don't come to land. Generally, they spend most of their lives at sea. So we wouldn't really tend to see them coming ashore anyway. But we do see them sort of in the waters around the calf.
0: Is it ideal territory for puffins?
2: Yes, it is. They like sort of remote islands or steep sort of cliff areas, which we obviously have a lot here. And there's nice grassy cliffs for them, obviously, to burrow into. So historically, we've had them here. So there's no reason, at least in terms of the habitat, why they're, they're not here now.
0: as the many other ones that have been here in the past that sadly aren't no longer?
2: We've had a decline in a lot of our seabirds um, and it's a problem that's been seen you know, across the whole of the UK not just here but obviously the Manx shearwater which is one of our iconic bird species used to nest here in thousands and its numbers have declined considerably over the years which is why the Manx shearwater project was set up to try and bolster their numbers and try and get them back in significant numbers through the eradication of, of long tails and that's where the sort of puffin project came from as well was because they're ground nesting birds like the Manx shearwaters so the eradication of the long tails would have meant that the eggs have a better chance of survival and things like that rather than being predated on so it's a win-win for both bird species.
0: You seem fairly confident though that this project could be successful I suppose you got
2: to be. Well yes but it has been done in other islands and they have had success with breeding pairs coming back I think it was on Copeland Island they've managed to um, reintroduce puffins that were never there to begin with at all but they've used the speaker system and decoys as well and within four years they had a breeding pair of puffins so fingers crossed it it works here.
0: We're looking over towards Ireland from this side of the calf I mean is this the only place where they're situated?
2: No we've got them on the east coast as well uh, an area called Keone Holby and that's where the speaker system is as well so, we know that historically, from the records that the wardens used to keep, that this is the main areas where they used to see the puffins. So, the site is both sites have been chosen specifically for. The historic records of puffins being seen in these areas before.
0: I mean, although they look real, they're not quite fully alive, but they look it from what we hear. I mean, are they there all year? There must be hardy birds.
2: Yeah, they are hardy birds. No, they come down after the breeding season and they get boxed up. They hibernate in one of the sheds over winter until the beginning of the season, where they get put out again to just kind of protect them. Is
0: it quite a long breeding season for the puffins, or is it quite a short area of time?
2: It's not too bad usually it's similar to a lot of the other seabirds so we tend to make sure that that everything's up early before the season starts so in March we try and get the speakers and the puffins up so we don't disturb any other birds that might be breeding in the area as well and then they'll puffins will probably finish breeding sort of June July time and then once we're really sure the season's over sort of August time we'll we'll take them all down again.
0: One of your job roles is just I wouldn't say keeping Rick, but keeping the the wardens and and the people on the on the calf here who are monitoring the birds and things. I think they're over the other side, and we're going to go over and have a chat with them in a second or two. Um, but I mean, that's that, that's part
2: of your role. Yes, part of my role is that I get to look after the wardens on the calf and make sure that. The very large, endless list of jobs gets done, and that the obviously the ringing um, is a large part of that work. So we make sure that the ringing gets done and the bird surveying to ensure that the observatory functions as an observatory as best we can.
0: Got to walk past Spaghetti Junction yet and head over to where are they at?
2: They're over at the observatory at the minute, actually. So we'll head over there now, past Spaghetti Junction, and go and see them. Uh, uh.
1: Nathan, so how did you come about working here on the, on the calf of man?
3: Well, I've got previous experience of working on islands. Working on islands is something that I enjoy, so that's why I applied. Previously, I've been on the Farne Islands off the coast of Northumberland, Mingulay Island in the Outer Hebrides, So, yeah, it's something that I enjoy.
1: And here today is absolutely beautiful, but I can imagine it can be quite wild.
3: Yes, definitely. Um, Recently, we've had some pretty stormy days. Um, It's kept the food supply boat away, so we've had to supply on our sort of rations. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it's nice uh, being on a remote island and looking out to sea and feeling isolated yeah. i like
1: that but you have a specific job to be doing while you're here though it a lot of areas you're really interested in
3: yes definitely that is another thing i liked about this role is that it's quite varied so i'm the estate warden so i'm in charge of ensuring that the observatory is ready for guests lots of painting around that we uh, some dry stone walling as well some repairs on that I recently made a style, um, so lots of that sort of work. But then I'm also assisting Aaron with the ringing as well, so that's been really enjoyable.
1: There's many seabirds here, as you can probably hear in the background. They are absolutely in abundance. How are the numbers here on the calf?
3: The numbers are, are good. They're reasonably stable. In terms of migration as well, uh, it's been a really good year for that. So we've ringed over 3,000 birds so far, so that's great.
1: And you've only been here two months.
3: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: That is absolutely phenomenal numbers. But are you seeing any new species arriving in our waters?
3: Well, the best species, the best new one that we've had this year has been a red-footed falcon, so that was great. We actually managed to catch it in a net as well and, and then ring it, so it was the fifth red-footed falcon to be ringed on the British Isles. So
1: how do you think he came about to be on the calf of man?
3: Well, potentially got blown off course by some easterly winds and... It stayed around for a bit as well, so it enjoyed the good numbers of insects that we have here, um, so it was nice seeing it flying around, hawking for insects.
1: Sites like that make your job absolutely priceless, I imagine. Definitely. So how do you catch these birds to actually to put a ring on them?
3: It's mainly through mist nets, so we've got a wide array of mist nets around the observatory and then also around what we call the whizzy, um, which is a small pond and then some willow so
1: it's pretty painless then they can just get tangled up a little bit and then you're there to the rescue
3: yeah exactly um so it's kind of like a a badminton net i guess and it's usually black so they don't see it very well and it's got sort of pockets in it and they get trapped in there and then, yeah, we just untangle them and get them out.
1: So how do you manage, obviously you were saying before, on some wild days, the food boat doesn't get here. Is it quite self-sufficient Will you grow your own crops and vegetables here?
3: A bit late in the season, but we are just now starting with uh, some planting, which has been great. Uh, we had a volunteer, Fiona, come out and she passed on some good knowledge. Um, so that was great and sort of turned over some of the soil. And we've already got some rhubarb growing from previous years, so that's nice. Uh, maybe have a crumble soon <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but do you get lonely though Nathan it's only you and Aaron here it's a long day I imagine
3: it is so it's a very busy day there's not really any time to get lonely to be honest um, and Aaron's good company so yeah and we've had plenty of guests and volunteers as well so
1: but the knowledge you'll be picking up from Aaron he's obviously involved in a different section to you that'll be quite uh, valuable to you
3: Yeah, it is. Uh, So it's been great. So I'm a trainee ringer. Um, Aaron's taken me on as his trainee. I've switched to him as my trainer and I've been able to ring over a thousand birds. So that's been a great experience for me.
1: We're out here to see the the puffins being lodged into the rock face. They're only pretend, but there's hopes that the the real puffins will turn up one day.
3: There is. um, So there are some um, at Peel and we may attract some from there or elsewhere. Um, This should be an excellent place for them. They have been here breeding in the past. Now that hopefully it's long-tail free, it's an excellent place um, for them to breed.
1: So I assume it was the long-tails that basically seen the diminishing numbers?
3: That will be one of the main causes. um, But also puffins like other seabirds are facing a tough time in terms of fish stocks um, due to overfishing and also sea temperature rise caused by climate change.
1: So it's quite a difficult situation then you're seeing a lot of decline from what humans are doing basically.
3: Yes unfortunately yeah but with work like what we're doing we can buck the trend and if everyone uh, pollutes less then you never know.
1: Certainly help won't it? Yeah. Aaron you have a wonderful job here on the calf of man as the bird warden. How did it come about? I originally came here in uh,
4: 1988 as Assistant Warden came back the following year as, as Warden. And spent until 1990 there and then lived on the island for sort of oh. 10 years after that.
1: And it's drawn you back here again though?
4: Yeah, we moved away to Lincolnshire but uh, decided that we'd come back.
1: And has it changed much? Not
4: really, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's very, very, very much the same.
1: Nathan was telling us before that the seabird stocks have dropped a little bit and you probably noticed that since your last visit.
4: Yeah, certainly um, numbers of shag that we have breeding around the, the coastline. Have been up to sort of 300 pairs, or I suspect this year probably only about 150, maybe 200 at the maximum.
1: And what's making this happen?
4: Well, there's a number of factors. I mean, as a long lived bird, I mean, shags can live sort of 20 plus years. Oh, um, so they, they do go through population fluctuations. Mm-hmm. Certain species like razorbill, guillemot, kittiwakes, they rely very much on sand eels, and sort of sand eel stocks, certainly in Scotland, have, have dropped considerably. You know, whether warmer waters drive away fish like that, you know, that can have an effect. So there's certainly a lot less razorbills and guillemots than there were.
1: Well, we've just witnessed you down over the cliff edge here. You were busy counting the nests.
4: Yes, counting the nests of of herring gulls.
1: And how are the numbers on these nests this year?
4: At the moment, these seem pretty high. So we're doing okay with those. Uh, Gulls are perhaps much maligned elsewhere. But um, the numbers that we have on the calf are, are sort of internationally important as a sort of a group of species, the herring gull and the great blackback gull, are actually declining worldwide, so we should be quite proud of the populations we have.
1: And when will these hatch?
4: These will hatch round about the end of May, beginning of your first week of June.
1: Will you bring the baby ones then,
4: or, or yeah. do you...? Yeah, we'll make a, a, a sort of a, a second visit to the colonies, probably around about the third week of June, once the young are big enough. And yes, we'll ring the, the young if we can catch them.
1: <laughs> it must be a hard job trying to catch a hold of yeah, some of these birds. they do run around quite quickly. <laughs> so you have a busy day in general, though, looking after the, the calf of man?
4: Yeah, it usually starts around about 4.30. We, we're we up at uh, 4.30 to open the, the nets around the observatory. We operate the nets through until... Really, until we stop catching birds, which today was about half past one, and then have a bit of lunch and then back out again.
1: <laughs> and obviously into the evening times, there'll be a lot a lot of birds coming back in for night time, would there?
4: Yeah, different species. Uh, obviously, the Manx Shearwater is one that we're, we're very keen on here. Um, as a species, it, it wasn't here when I was here previously, but uh, the programme of, of eradication for the longtails has, has sort of been successful, and, and uh, we now have a, a healthy population back on the island, so... A couple of nights ago, Nathan and I were out monitoring those until about 2 o'clock in the morning.
1: Goodness me, so it is a full-time job, right round the clock? (laughs) It is all right round the clock, yes. So you've got a busy summer ahead of you, Aaron. How long will you stay on the Calf of Man?
4: So we're here till mid-November. That's uh, when we finish for the season.
1: And you'll be busy right
4: up until then, do you think? Yeah, pretty much so. Yeah, once uh, well, sort of once spring migration is finished, which uh, will sort of around about sort of mid-June, oh, right. um, and then we're full into the swing of uh, breeding birds through till july and then from august the returns uh, autumn migration starts
1: and what do you think of the the puffin situation you're obviously really trying to entice them to the island do you think it will work long term well hopefully fingers
4: crossed it does um when i was here in in 88 i actually saw Puffins Landing uh, up at Kina Holby which is one of the main areas that we're trying to encourage oh. them to oh. which is probably one of the last records of seeing them ashore here. We have actually seen one this year. Oh um, good. So you know hopefully the, the decoys and the, the recorder will, will do its job.
1: Because obviously it has worked in other parts of the UK as well.
4: Yeah it's a, it's a proven way of doing it yeah. so I think you know it does sometimes take several years. So We've
1: just got to be patient. That's it indeed. <laughs> That was the Calf of Man wardens, Aaron Stapsford and Nathan Wilkie.
0: You're listening to Countryside here on Anx Radio with Kiri Kermud and myself, Simon Clark, on our Calf of Man special. Well, our guide on our trip to the Calf was Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe and I found a little rock to sit on and look out towards the chicken rock and asked her a little bit more about the spots around the calf. Well we've managed to perch ourselves on a rock here at, what's this place called Lara?
2: Um, Down by Gorlang.
0: Just looking out, the chicken rock is there, the waves in the background, just the birds. Is this why you do jobs like this?
2: Definitely. Where else do you get a view of Chicken Rock that's quite so spectacular with the the thrift coming out and the pinks and the, the gulls just quietly calling in the background and the waves breaking, what more can you ask for?
0: And I suppose it's one part a special place, the car for man, but to walk around and you've got your favourite points I suppose.
2: Yeah, I do. I mean, I love the calf and everywhere to some extent is special, but I think some of my favourite places are sort of over by the lighthouses. It's a great place to watch the sunset. Um, And of course, we've got the decoy puffins over there. So it's nice to watch them sort of admiring the view Um, and over down towards Cow as well, Cow Harbour, where we've got the seals and looking back over towards the Isle of Man across the Sound.
0: When you look out this way, I suppose you can't really see many other islands from this side where we're at, but and that makes it feel a, a little bit more remote as well.
2: Absolutely. You know, you only get the odd sort of large ship passing through on the horizon, so it's there's nothing all the way th- as far as you can see.
0: Do these places that are all-round little coves of course around the calf I mean do they all have special interests for different people and for different reasons?
2: Yeah um, some areas are important for for the nesting birds and things like that so some people all come for the birds or might be a nice sort of beach area for the seals to come and haul out so it's nice to see them having a little power nap Um, so yeah every, every sort of cove and gully is special for different reasons.
0: But your role in the Manx Wildlife Trust, I mean, it doesn't just revolve around the calf for man, unfortunately, probably, or is it the other ones just as interesting, in the roles?
2: You're right. I don't just um, manage the wardens on the calf. I also do a lot of other sort of marine-based projects, and I, I love it all. Really, it's great. Obviously, I get to come to the calf to do the seal projects, um, the seal surveys in the autumn, and that's one of one of the perks of the job. And of course, again, coming back here to set up the puffin project um, and plant the puffins. Yeah. So there's, there's lots of different projects, but there always is this drawback to the calf.
0: When we were coming here on the boat from Port St Mary, there was, I think, dolphins swimming just a little bit further away as well. Is, it, is that an important part of your, your sort of liaison with the Manx Whale and Dolphin Watch also?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's really nice when we see sightings on the boat to make sure they get reported back. Um, and also we run Dr Dolphin, project with them as well Um, and it's all about adopting Rizzo dolphins so we we still work closely with them wherever we can.
0: What about the flower side of it here is that that much of your remit or is there other people that keep an eye on that or is it just left as natural as it can be?
2: It's left as natural as can be obviously there is some grazing with the sheep because certain bird species like short grass but in other areas it it gets quite long and, and that's benefit as well but it's not something that we we spend a lot of time working on, and I think we'd get people in to do surveys, so Andre, Wildflowers of Man's been and done surveys before, and occasionally the wardens do orchid surveys as well.
0: What's been the highlight of your time, particularly coming to the calf as we're here?
2: Highlight? (sighs) That's a real tough one, there's been a lot, but I think it would probably have to be being here, and being involved with the seal monitoring, and seeing the seal pups as they grow and develop from I've never seen one being born, but seeing a pup shortly after it was born and then seeing it through to development through the sort of few days that it takes to be weaned. So that's a special moment to see them grow and develop.
0: Do they have their own identity?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think some of them definitely do. You get to follow them and monitor them and some of them are really bold and some of them are a bit stupid, <laughs> but yeah, they all have their own little personalities.
0: And are they, I mean, the birds that, that get captured here and obviously let go again, but they're ringed as well to, to keep IDs on them. And Are, are they tracked in some way? are the seals like that.
2: Obviously here we we're not doing any sort of tagging work with any of the birds. We're still just using the ringing methods that, you know, has been used by observatories for years. And at the present we're not tagging seals. It would be something I'd really really like to do, especially with the potential for marine developments from wind farms and from a possible tidal array it'd be really interesting to know where the seals are foraging for their food we know that they're big movers within the Irish Sea we know that individuals from Strangford Lock have come to the Isle of Man to the calf specifically and that was through a tagging project that was done a few years ago by St Andrews. But sadly, the tags are very expensive, and that's the prohibitive factor for us doing it here. But it would be really useful information to be able to tag them and see where they go.
0: Well, we spoke earlier about the puffin project here to try and get some back on the Isle of Man. But is there any plans to try and encourage any other species back here or here for the first time? I mean, is it would it be suited to specific types of birds in particular?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, it's a great coastal habitat, so that's always a bonus for a lot of our seabirds. Obviously we've got the Manx Shearwater project that's been running since 2012-2013 which had the aim to eradicate um, long tails from the island completely and it's been a big project and we are seeing benefits from that which is obviously like I said why the, the the Puffin project was started because we've reduce the long tail population considerably. Hopefully we'll eradicate them completely but at the moment we we can't say that. So there is the potential for other species, yes.
0: And what about birds migrating places? I, I think I've heard people talk about in the past that some of them just stop here for maybe for an overnight and head off somewhere even further.
2: Yeah, absolutely, hence why we're an observatory because we get good numbers of migrating birds passing through on route to other destinations and it's that little rest before they fly off again. So it's a great place for in the autumn and spring for migratory birds.
0: We're here sitting on one of the best days of the year here. I can imagine it's not quite like this every day in your work.
2: No, absolutely not. We are very lucky. I mean, it's a sunny day here. We we do get some really, really windy days um, where we can't get much done or where it's the rain's absolutely pouring it down or it's really misty. Um, and it limits what you can do but um, even on those days they can be special.
0: Would different things thrive on that sort of weather sometimes if it's been a dry spell like we've had?
2: Yeah, it's quite good for doing when it's windy for doing sea watches because a lot of the seabirds come closer in land, so it gives you the opportunity to, to do seabird counts um, which is, is quite nice and sometimes if it's really bad weather we can get some really big numbers of, of birds coming in and it you know, maybe gives us a chance to hopefully spot the odd puffin too.
0: What about people that Come to the Carfer Man, maybe from all around the world. I mean, the, a lot of them will be specialists in certain areas. And what do they make of it? What's their reaction when they first get here?
2: I think they're quite surprised by what's actually here for such a tiny little rock on the bottom of the Isle of Man. It packs a, a big punch in terms of species that can be found here. Both. Sort of on the calf itself, but in the waters around the calf as well. We have great diversity for such a small little, little rock.
0: You are an experienced diver as well. I suppose you've dived off the calf man here as well. Is that a special marine environment around the sound and around the calf man?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Some of the best dives around the island are around the calf. Because of the strong currents, it brings in lots of nutrients, which provides obviously a lot of food for a lot of life. So some of the diversity around here is absolutely spectacular.
0: And what special things do we see under the water? Is it quite a way down?
2: You can see stuff fairly shallow or you can go a bit deeper. Um, One of my favourite dives is, is the borough. There's sort of deep sort of gullies that you can swim through and the walls of the rock are just covered in anemones and it's just beautiful. Pinks and yellows and oranges. It's really, really beautiful dive.
0: Yeah, now how far under the water is that? Roundabout?
2: Yeah, sort of thirty to forty metres.
0: It's quite deep enough there.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's one of the deeper dives but you can do shallow ones around the calf as well and still see lots of amazing life. And we occasionally get sort of rizzo's passing through or you get basking sharks. Sometimes the seals might come and sort of have a look and say hello. Basking
0: sharks come past you when you're diving. And... <laughs> yeah, sometimes
2: off the calf. We, we, we tend to miss them but yeah, you do see them on the boat yeah, or going to dive sites.
0: Sue Leeming, you've been on the Calf with us here, what's uh, been your role today?
5: Well I mostly came out to do some photography on such a beautiful day.
0: Are you a member of the Ornithology Society, Is it? if I've said that right?
5: Actually (laughs) I'm a member of the two societies, the Manx Ornithological Society and also the Isle of Man Photographic Society and I was fortunate enough about two weekends ago the Manx Ornithological organised an overnight here on the calf which was beautiful where we were able to see the wardens working ringing and netting and also I could do photography at the same time. Is
0: it a special place for a photographer?
5: I think it's a very special place. Very untouched very beautiful and the lighthouses are magical.
0: How difficult is it to get decent photographs of the birds? They don't like to come too close.
5: No they don't. I suppose you need to maybe be still and wait for the birds to possibly come to you. <laughs>
0: there's no hides though, is there?
5: No, no. And you just have to be quick. But you do, as I say with the, with the boys up there, there's obviously quite a lot of birds on the island.
0: I mean, it's uh, one of your loves, taking pictures of birds and, and places like this.
5: I love wildlife. I love wildlife a lot. And scenery, the island is beautiful. You know, there's so much to photograph here. It's absolutely beautiful. And the Photography Society, run events during the summer as well so they get you to try to get you to places like this and to, to different areas of the island that maybe normally you wouldn't get to you know where there is such beauty
0: Are you fairly new to photography then
5: quite new it's been a, a few years couple of years really so yeah and how
0: difficult is it to when everyone buys these modern cameras and thinks, yeah just point it and take a picture when you get more and more into it is it a lot more to it
5: there seems to be you need an
0: eye people say to me
5: yes you've got to have the eye two is even better (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yes but the eye the eye helps but i think these days you know anything goes whatever you photograph if it brings some joy to you then it's right
0: how many do you print out and how many million are still on your computer
5: i print quite a lot actually i do print quite a lot but there's Probably thousands on my computer.
0: And well, it's been a good day today for you both?
5: Beautiful day. Beautiful. And uh, as I say, Sue, who was was with me, was out to get specific shots, which we uh, managed to do.
0: Well, Anne Kay, I don't know if you're in command of the boat or second in command, never I suppose. Be, never been any... in
6: command. I'm the deckhand.
0: Right, well, it's very clean, I'll give you that.
6: Oh, well, he sometimes <laughs> lets me tidy it. And I even tried to tidy inside the cabin. But I'm also... Vice Chairman of the Manx Ornithological Society. I used to teach at Castle Russian High School and I had a young ornithologist club when I was there. And I used to bring the children out to the calf on day trips sometimes but we also used to come out in May and stay for the weekend. So there's a lot of people who are much older now who came out with me to the calf. You must
0: have had a, one or two trips out to the calf then, have you?
6: I have done well over a 1,000 trips really? to the calf, starting in 1979. Since I've been crew, Joan and I are out, sometimes every day, but certainly we do over a 100 trips a year. Really? And the boat keeps going all year long.
0: Well, don't put the kibosh on it. we've got to get back yet. <laughs>
6: <laughs> the only thing that stops us is if we can't get in the harbors. Now, June, I would say, is the best boatman in the whole of these southern waters, and he knows this coast like the back of his hand.
0: Well, well there's only two areas you can get in, isn't there?
6: No, that if you know what as well as June does, there are lots of places where you can land if you have to. Oh,
7: well, we better get a word with the with the skipper then, June Clegg. You've been at this a while, have you? Oh, 40 years. Boatman for the lighthouse board and the museum. Still enjoying it? Yeah.
0: Better mm-hmm. life in an office. That's what I've said before. Been a fine day today, we're yeah. lucky, I suppose, but yeah. I bet you've been in some some no. delicate ones, have Yeah, you? <laughs> one or two. Aye. <laughs> right. Yeah. And how bad does it get? I mean, there's quite, is no, it well, the currents don't... around here bad? Yeah,
7: we don't come if it's too bad. No. I mean, there's nobody in danger out here. We've got food and water and bed, so if it's bad, we don't come it's not very wide
0: the harbors here though no, are they no. tricky to get oh, in
7: yeah if it's any swell they can be tricky yeah
0: what about the old well i shouldn't say owl boat because i don't know how old it is well it's 40 years old is it yeah is yeah. it ideal for this sort ideal, of
7: ideal made for the job does the job mm. better than some others
0: no sophisticated machinery on it to go wrong no, look at
7: no 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 it's dead simple reliable engine it's not fast but Get you there and back. Well,
0: many trips on the boat out here. I mean, do, do you often
7: sort of have a walk around? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I have a walk around, Yeah,
0: just so different when you come here compared to yeah. the main, even yeah. though even though the Isle of Man's quiet.
7: Yeah, no, oh, it's different altogether out here. Well, thanks for for getting us there, and hope you get us hope back. Get you back, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably won't start now. <laughs> 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 I
1: have to say or not?
7: <laughs> Well, Kerry, that's it. The boat
0: is just here, ready for us to go. What a trip it's been, hasn't
1: it? It's been a lovely experience. What a great place it is. It's just absolutely nature at its best, isn't it? All the birds, in there, just the peace and quiet as well. Mm. It's been fabulous.
0: And the the great thing is with Lara, Aaron, Nathan, all the people that are on here. They've got one sort of aim. is just to try and preserve this as best they can and we encourage more to get here, isn't it?
1: This is it. The tasks that they're do doing, monitoring the birds and the wildlife and keeping on top of the rodents that tend to ruin it sometimes, they've got a really, really hard task ahead of them, but they're achieving it so well. And, and the people that can come and visit, they're, they're so delighted to show off what they have achieved so far here on the Calf of Man, and it's just a magnificent place on a day like today, Simon.
0: Yeah, we've been lucky. lucky. And it's just great that, and we hope we're both chatting about it with them all, here weren't we about how it would be fabulous to promote it but keep it as it is
1: that's it it's so unspoilt and you know the the mobile phones don't really work and it's just back to how the isle of man probably once was all those years ago and it's just a little bit of tranquility and i think you can just have a bit of downtime and think about the world can't you really
0: time for a couple of sandwiches before we get back on the boat definitely Well, what a fine place it was to have a picnic as well, just before we got back on the boat for our trip back from the car for Man wasn't it? absolutely beautiful
1: it really was and even the journey home to stop and have a look at the stack of all the nesting birds and and, oh it was just wonderful to see such sea life
0: yeah good job with the white coat on me looking (laughs) at them birds it was so close to it wasn't it but i must say a big thanks to all the people involved in making it so special for us uh june clegg the skipper of the boat and of course ann Kay, uh, assistant as well keeping an eye and explaining a lot of things on the way just you know not just the car man on that trip around uh, the chasms and below Kitterland and places and also we spoke to Aaron Sapsford and Nathan Wilkie the wardens that are living on the car for man at the present time and also the photographers that were there and also to our guide what a wonderful person so enthusiastic and a great help she was on the day Laura Howe the marine officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust and just be beautiful to go back then if we get the weather like we had that day and you know spend the night there that would be something special isn't it you sit there and listen to them birds at four o'clock in the morning oh
1: they're very very lucky and it's an absolute must for anyone that lives on this island 40 minute boat journey it's just right there
0: Kerry, just before we go, though, um, you've got uh, a big event at your farm coming up.
1: We have. We have Open Farm Sunday in conjunction with an organisation across the UK and Ireland, LEAF, linking the environment and farming. We open our gates to the public to come and enjoy and see some of the most friendliest animals we have and just to learn all about where your food comes from to get a chance to get up close with the animals, the sights and sounds, and that's on Sunday the 11th from 10 until 5 at Orisdale Farm.
0: Looking forward to that. We'll both be there on the day, so uh, come along and see what a a big farm is like. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Well, what a special honour it was to be guided by Marine Officer for the Manx Wildlife Trust, Lara Howe, uh, during our trip to the Calf of Man from Port Sumerian. The people we spoke there to on the day, and uh, it was just peace and quiet and tranquility wasn't it? Beautiful and we're so glad that it's, we were talking about that weren't we, so glad that it's not changed and not going to be spoiled hopefully
1: Well that's it and the people that are involved with keeping the island right are so passionate to preserve and protect and even improve some of the the aspects of the calf of man, it's going to be in safe hands I do believe
0: Yeah, marvellous lighthouse uh, well worth a trip uh, for everyone but you'll have to get it organised uh, pretty well in advance but we'll leave it there for this week's countryside. We'll be back next week with more. So, from me, Simon Clark.
7: And me, Kerry Comer. We'll see you next
0: week. Ta-da.
1: Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shore's all-new Superfast Plus broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds, and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So, don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus broadband from Shore. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey, and Port Erin, or click Shaw.com.
7: Love, be, sure. Terms and conditions apply.